Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. And we are Believe, the Ted Lasso podcast. We are also Team Binge. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, called... which is called Beard After Hours. Beard After Hours. This one is written by Brett Goldstein and Joe Kelly. We will say this at the top, that this season of Lasso was supposed to be 10 episodes. Apple asked them for two additional episodes. Those additional episodes are the Christmas one, which we liked. Yeah, it was a good time. Mm -hmm. And then this episode, which is (laughs) Beard After Hours. (laughs) I'm not going to tip my hat hand or whatever it is we say, but uh, the themes of this episode were Beard's Adventures, and that was about it. Yeah. I I thought we might get like a little more like fun loving beard, but again, we just went down the rabbit hole of a a character's inner demons, I guess, and him dealing with his struggles. Yeah, no, I don't know that we found out a whole lot more about beard um, than, you know, what we really wanted to, but that's okay. So (laughs) this one is apparently based on, or at least in some relation to, a movie by Martin Scorsese, which is called After Hours. And I've never seen this. Have you seen this movie? I haven't. Did they reference this one in that uh, episode where they like were naming off a bunch of Scorsese flicks? It might have been in that sequence. I just know that the internet informed me that this has a lot to do with that movie. Okay. So I watched a like two-minute preview, and I could see the similarity. It's like a guy in new york at night and he like loses his wallet and money in a cab and he's like has this series of unfortunate events i think his name is lemony snicket um (laughs) or whatever that guy's name is and um it made me not want to watch that movie either so (laughs) i don't really know what to do with it at the top of this episode i would like to dedicate this to my mother um hmm. and your mother both our mothers both our mothers because they're very supportive of this podcast thanks mom <laughs> um beard doesn't ride back with the team and so they they play the clip of they've just lost in the fa cup to man mm-hmm. city in the semifinals beard is upset ted has just had that terrible phone call with dr sharon where we yeah. find out uh but beard lets him know hey I don't want to ride back with the team. I'm going to go work this off. And did, so, did you find it weird that they like showed us this ending sequence again like from I, his perspective? Kinda. Like they did the first, like the first 30 seconds is literally shot for shot what they did in the last episode, and then it kind of ends with Beard walking away and him giving and the finger, but you see it from his perspective. Yeah. I did not think it was weird, but I did not think I needed a reminder of how the yeah. episode previously ended. Yeah, especially like these these kind of shows where people are binging it because, well, I actually just take that back because this is being released at least this year um, episodically. But it, it just didn't seem like it was necessary. Like we already kind of knew Beard was going on his adventure. So Right. That was not my big issue with this episode, Tom. <laughs> Wasn't that? What I thought was interesting is... Like, we apparently see Beard, like, kind of storm off because he's upset about the game. But I did not feel like, other than, like, the flashbacks to the TV announcer guys, like, the game itself was not the huge issue here. It's mainly about him and Jane. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of what I felt like it was about. Mm -hmm. And it also felt like they were like, hey, we have to do this episode 
who's busy being an actor on other things <laughs> so who's left to do this one yeah and it was like brendan hunt's available cool yeah. like everyone loves beard we'll do like this is not the beard that i wanted and maybe yeah. that's you know it's their show they can do what they want um and i'm not gonna complain this whole episode but i just did not like, this is not the information I wanted about Beard. Yeah, I wanted, like, when they when we kind of found out they were doing a Beard-centric episode, we figured, like, he's just such a unique, interesting character. Right. We wanted to see him just live in the nightlife, just being himself or be whatever, but, like... Or do and, some flashbacks of, like, his past experiences. Yeah. Because there's so many things, references. He dated an Oxford professor. Like, <laughs> he uh, dated an Oxford professor. I don't remember the other facts about him. <laughs> Um, he was a chess champ, you yeah. know, all these things like give us some of that beard. But, you know, yeah, it was a, it was an odd choice. And and maybe it's just like the writers was Goldstein or is it Joe Kelly, the other writer that did this? Yeah, like they, they I, I, I can, I guess, at least applaud them taking a risk and trying to do something unique and not the same. But at the same time, like what we've already talked about with this season is they're kind of they're not having, I think, as much fun as we had with the first season. Like, there's still some comedy in it, but, like, the roads they go down, like, the big jumps they do with characters, it's just not as entertaining as I think the first season has been. Sure. And I'm never a fan of, like, especially, you said Apple was the one that said, hey, give us two more episodes so we can make more money off it, I'm assuming. Like, that's never going to be a recipe for success when they have to write these stuff, like, after they've already filmed it. Sure. Um, you sure. Mentioned, you mentioned the fact that, like, who was just available for the show. I thought that was kind of funny. It made me think of like Arrested Development, like the first three seasons of Arrested Development, some of the greatest TV ever right. made. And then when they tried to redo it for Netflix, none of the people could film together. So they're all just doing their own little sequences and they try to like make it come together at the end. Right. It's just not the same show. Yeah, you want cast members to play off of each other. That's yeah. the stuff that you enjoy. But those are our complaints. Everything else will be positive from here on out. <laughs> Beard is riding the underground, which is the train that travels underground in London and other parts of England. I don't know. I didn't really <laughs> look this up. Um, but this is our first shot of the blue moon. And they're the, the uh, Man you City. mean the giant blue CGI moon? Yeah, which apparently like the waves are just going crazy there um, in the UK, mm. the size of this moon. Um well, but obviously, it's it's the <laughs> it's the referencing to like them singing the Blue Moon, Manchester City, and them kind of like a lot of the supporters were going on the same uh, uh, underground train or whatever. When this moon is like constantly showed and featured throughout the episode, is right. this supposed to be the show telling us that he can't shake the loss? Because we see it like in multiple sequences, either like in reflections or on like street signs, like you see the moon prominently displayed. Is that supposed to be his like subconscious seeing the loss? I would assume so, and maybe that's where I'm wrong. Maybe the loss is hanging over his head because they lost a Man City. That's their theme music. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and so they keep showing that blue moon. But I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> I just know that you're like, okay, the moon's blue. Cool, I got it. Like, well, listen, I thought Beard might be Dracula, but when they first started this scene with sure. a big moon, I'm like, oh, cool, he's just a werewolf. No big okay. deal. Okay. But no, unfortunately, he never turns into a werewolf. No, he's got the hair of a werewolf, but not a real werewolf. Tom, have you ever ridden on the underground? 
I've ridden on some mass transits, like I'm thinking like San Francisco, but that is not under the ground. Okay. So I've ridden the underground. We call it the undie when you're in uh, London. I thought and that's for Australia. It might be. I don't remember. <laughs> and here is my story about the underground is I've ridden on it, but also when I was uh, a young man, I had boxers that had the map of the underground printed on them. Okay. Um, and I had these probably when I was like 12 because my mother went on a trip and that was the souvenir she brought back for me. World travel. like, hey, uh, here's some boxer shorts. <laughs> here's why I remember these shorts so well, Tom. They had all the stations on them and, you know, the map of so you could you know, pull your pants down and find out where you needed to go in London. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but mainly I remember getting a very <laughs> aggressive wedgie from my cousin during a family reunion and him being like, is this a map? <laughs> what is on your boxer shorts? And then me crying for the rest of the <laughs> afternoon because I was so embarrassed. So, so he ripped them out and then he could see them out. Your map was exposed. Yes, my map was exposed. Among other things. And he was a jerk. <laughs> and this is something I should probably go to therapy on. But this is why we're here. Yeah. So the theme song. Oh, and so while he's sitting on the bus mean mugging people and mm -hmm. like people are getting on and off, they play the theme song. It is not the same theme song. It is a version of the theme song. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. It's done by a guy named Jeff Tweedy, who is the lead singer of a band called Wilco. I don't know any of their stuff. I actually liked the version. I thought it was a cool sound. It but... was. when I, I saw, So I saw that name and I looked it up because it seemed familiar, like especially Wilco. And he was the same guy that uh, performed at the Unity concert in Parks and Rec when... Uh, Andy Dwyer or whatever, um, Chris Pratt's character. Sure. was like super excited to like see him and like got to jam with him on stage. He was that guy with a big beard, little heavier set with long hair. That's the same guy. Oh, that really? Is, yeah, okay. that's Jeff Tweedy. This wasn't, so this is not the guy that performed 10,000 Candles in the Wind for when little Sebastian died. I think he does. He's on stage at the Unity concert with all of them singing it. That's the concert, He's, though. It's yes. when little Sebastian dies. Yeah, bye-bye little Sebastian. Oh, man. Well, no, maybe, I, no, see, now I'm going to get internet letters. I think they sung a song at the end. I don't know if it was... No, now the more I think of it, didn't they have like a, a, a CGI version of uh, Little Sebastian up there? I don't know. Now we're going to I don't know. Parks it's, and Rec. It's tough for me to, <laughs> it's tough for me to um, think about Little Sebastian without crying. <laughs> he opens up a beer when he gets home um, and he's drinking it and it's better to not drink alone. So we do the quick transition and we find him in the pub yep. talking with our favorite publican, May. Can I say, though, before we jump, like, when he goes to his home, like, did is it, like, comical set of keys that he has for his door that literally is just, like, like two little prongs on the key? It's, like, a long brass key that he puts in? Or is that, like, a fame, like a UK thing? Do you mean the keys that look like they're part <laughs> of the Pirates of the Caribbean and the dog has them in his mouth and the yes. guys are trying to get it back with the, with the bone? I didn't have any issue with the keys, Tom. They looked like modern, normal keys that no one could forge or didn't go to an old castle door. The other thing that was funny, too, when he first walks into his little flat there, he, like, kisses his hand and, then like, touches it on this poster on the wall. The poster of, like, the blue neon guy. Yeah. I had no idea what that was. It's apparently a Burning Man poster. 
So he's like a, a, a burner or whatever you call people that go to Burning Man. I don't Which, think it's burner. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, but apparently, I mean, I guess that makes sense with what Burners we know. Burners are Bernie Mac fans. Ah, okay. I did not know that. Um, but, but what I we know about Beard. Yeah, it makes sense. He might be into the like Burning Man and these big gigantic festivals, whatever. But He took odd... mushrooms for that one game. <laughs> yeah, but odd that you would like kiss the sign when you seemingly walk into your door every time. Okay, okay. yeah, that's fine. I know some people that every time they go on the football field, they slap a sign that says "Play like champions today." That's and that's fine too. Is that the same thing? I mean, I I would guess. I guess again, more to the story. Will we ever know? Probably not. But an interesting other beard tidbit. They do this thing where the announcers are speaking on the TV, mm-hmm. and these are new announcers. These aren't the guys from like Football Today from when Roy was on the show. It's like they couldn't get those announcers <laughs> exactly. back, and so they got. Uh, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this name, but it's like Terry Henry and Gary something. Uh, Thierry Henry and Gary, oh, Gary oh. Lanker. Okay. And who's the other one? Uh, Gary Lanker. Okay. Uh, they're both famous strikers turned announcers. So. Okay. So they were available for season two of Ted Lasso in this <laughs> yes. episode. So they they've sure got him in it because they appear several times. But they are talking about like Beard's failure. Like, hey, he should um, reel Ted in. Oh, was his strategy for being too uh, offensively minded mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. And so Beard is like, so it's clearly not happening. It's something that's happening in his head. But uh, once again. Well, and I this is know. why it may be. So, and it's a funny line here where they talk about like Edward, well, not a funny line necessarily, but they're talking about, like, oh, is that Ed Norton movie where like he kind of stomps that guy in the face and he's like, oh, that's Moonrise Kingdom. It's definitely not Moonrise Kingdom. No. Uh, that's American History X. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, Beard kind of seeing illusions on the TV, like, the nod to Edward Norton, and then later we get kind of a Fight Club reference. Like, my perception throughout this whole episode was, like, this was going to be some kind of fever dream. Sure. Or, like, all the stuff he was seeing may not have been there, but um, apparently everything well, we saw was real. No, there are times in this where things happen that clearly I, I didn't feel like were real. Like... Well, let's get into it once okay. we get to those scenes. Well, uh, yeah. I will say my favorite quote of this whole episode was that Beard has no va-va-boom, <laughs> which is great. And I think this is the point where he also says, or maybe it's later, where he's like, I know I'm French, so I'm supposed to say this, but, <laughs> but I, I hate, hate Beard. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So Beard's in the pub. He's talking with May. We find out that him and Jane have broke up. Which, they're so Sam and Diane, right? On and off again. Yeah. Something, right? Who would have thought that Who? Jane and Beard would be the Sam and Diane and not Sam and Rebecca? Right. Ugh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, we find out that he said, I love you to Jane, and she did not return it. Mm-hmm. And May then transitions very quickly that she's she's <laughs> like, oh, I bet you feel bad. And he's like, yeah, I do, you know, love or whatever. He has some weird quote. And May's like, no, about the game, your <laughs> plan was crap. And jumps all over she starts him. yelling at him, which is mm-hmm. great. <laughs> I tried to take note of this, and I'll talk to it towards the end of this, is like, there seemed to be a like back and forth of bad thing would happen to Beard, kindness would happen to Beard. Bad mm-hmm. thing would happen to Beard. So I started listening. I was like, okay, May, she like starts yelling at him, bad. The gang that is typically not very supportive of this mm-hmm. coaching staff they come over and they support him. Yeah. Good. And then I was like, the next thing that happened was bad. 
My theory quickly fell apart when I started <laughs> listing them out, but I'll go over it towards the end. Okay. But so May gets upset at him. He leaves the bar and he goes and sits at the table um, and he's texting Jane and she wants to see him. But he's like, listen, I don't want to keep doing this. I'd rather just break it off mm -hmm. if you don't love me back. Well, he doesn't send that, right? He's typing it. Oh, he's it. typing that. He's That's typing right. It out. He's getting ready to send it, but he never officially kind of pushes it out. And he drops his comically castle key <laughs> yeah. on the ground, which prompts the pub crew to come by and give him back his key. Mm -hmm. And this key returning, did you notice it happened like constantly, constantly. through the episode? Did you get the symbolism of it, Tom? No. Is there symbology behind it? Did yeah, allow me to explain. Please. I don't have any <laughs> idea. Someone write me and tell me what was going on. I feel like maybe we needed to see that movie, the Almost Famous or whatever it's called. Yeah, After Almost Hours. Famous. The classic <laughs> Kate Hudson about Stillwater, the band. Yes, you're right. Almost Famous. The Cameron Crowe vehicle. All right. So Paul, Baz, and I finally found out the third dude's name is Jeremy. Okay. So it's Paul, Baz, and Jeremy. I know who Paul is. I don't know who Baz and Jeremy are in terms of which one's which. Yep. That's just me. The pub crew, they sit with Beard. And Beard's like, listen, you can ask me anything. I just don't want to talk about the game. Yep. And so they do this bit where they immediately dive into questions. And one is like, have you ever been to Las Vegas? What's Ted like? Mm -hmm. And the world, you know, does it ever, Paul says, does it ever mess you up that the world is infinite, but your conscious can end, consciousness can end and is finite? <laughs> and it's so funny because it's like dumb question, dumb question, like super deep question. It takes Beard back. Beard's like, Ooh. Yeah, and Beard's like, that's <laughs> the question Beard really wants to talk about. What is his response to to vegas so what vegas. is his estimate of vegas so he's like like one night's good two nights is perfect three is too many three is too many Which we live in arizona so we visit vegas frequently sure and beard is 100 percent yeah. right oh so right um ted is just a man just a man um and then it cuts i don't know how does it, how does it cut because it kind of cuts to his so he's for... like i'm glad you asked me about like essentially the meaning of life yeah. and then it like cuts it like draws draws into him and then as it comes out, we see he has 40 empty beer glasses in front of him. And he has just been talking. And he concludes with the fact that he believes we are all in a simulation, much like the Matrix, and that there's someone pulling the strings. Can't which I thought it. was very funny. This bit right here reminded me of, if you have ever read the book Catch-22, mm. which is a dark satire on World War II and a guy who is a uh, a bombardier in World War II. And they do a military briefing. So they're like, they've got the map out, some officers up front telling them about, hey, you're going to fly here, you're going to bomb here. Goes through everything. And at the end of the meeting, he goes, does anyone have any questions? He does not give the qualifier of, does anyone have any questions about the mission or about what I've been talking about? He says, does anyone have any questions? And so the people in the crowd just start firing off questions. And they're like, who's Spain? What's Hitler? What happened to the old man I used to call Poppy when the merry-go-round broke down? Whatever happened to the snow dens of yesteryear? So anytime I've ever been in a meeting and someone is finished and they're like, does anyone have any questions? In my mind, as you can tell, it's had a profound effect on me. I think to myself, I should just stand up and ask those four questions. 
And that's what this moment reminded me of. Have you ever of. done it before? No, I've Aww, never done it before. You gotta do it, you gotta do it once. No, everyone will they'll throw you in the uh, the It's like the it's like in a podcast. Bin. Like you give like a, a random reference that maybe only one or two people listen to this podcast and it's get it for them. And it's for them. It's yeah. like the meaning of life. The answer? It's forty two. I did one time sit in a meeting um and I just did arrested development quotes and there was one guy in the corner who'd seen <laughs> arrested development and I was like Listen, I'm going to show up in $4,000 pants. Come on. <laughs> and I kept doing that bit from Joe. And that guy was dying in the corner. And everyone else at the table thought I was insane. That's I no great. longer work that job anymore. <laughs> so that's something. Jane then texts a picture. She's standing in front of this neon cross, which comes into play later on mm -hmm. in the episode. Beard is like, hey, I'm not ready to finish. Let's go out. And the crew seems to be like, they're like, oh, Pubs? Did you know pubs closed at eleven thirty in England? I knew they closed earlier. I didn't know it was that early. I would have assumed at least like midnight. Right. Between that reference and the lady in red saying we're a very repressed society, <laughs> I was kind of surprised by some of these things. Yeah. But you know, I'm all about repression. So um, they decide to they decide to leave. Sorry, I stepped on your fact. And they're gonna go to some place called like the Honey and Bone. Bones and Honey. Bones and Honey. But what do they need, Tom, before they go? They need some sweet, sweet lost and found clothes <laughs> <laughs> from the bar. And I have to I have to say, these clothes not only seem to fit these gentlemen pretty well, yeah. but fit the the swanky club that they're going to be going to. So uh, yep. um, good on them. Tom, I'm going to say at some point in your life, you're going to wear one of those hats. If you haven't already owned one, I think at some point you're going to I think wear one of those hats. I recently got, or, or my dad a couple of years ago, got into like the Kangle thing. Okay. So we've gotten him a, a handful of caps. Uh, yours is going to be plaid, I'd not solid. I'd it's rock plaid. a plaid one. It feels like you might be getting an after Christmas, Tom. Okay. Give me some. I need some From golf one of your close. <laughs> I need golf pants to go. <laughs> yeah, they got to be matching. Same pattern. Yep. Oh, that, that has a name. It's like Argyle or something, right? It is Argyle. So then we meet the hostess, whose name is Sarah Coombs. Kaya Com Kaya Coombs? Combs Kaya Combs There's an M and a B in there that they say, but I can't pull off. <laughs> She's very rude. Um, I don't think I've ever been to a membership club before like this. Have you ever been to a membership club before? No, that seems silly. I've worn a members-only jacket, but I've never been to the club where you have to wear said jacket into. That's a little jacket humor. <laughs> Beard is doing this thing where he's like, I'm sorry, what's your name? Oh, and he like acts like he recognizes her. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to say this. I feel like this was Brendan Hunt just flexing his comedy muscle. Like he was like, I've got a whole episode. I'm going to like pull out all the tricks and I'm just going to be like, I'm going to try and be charming and funny. And yeah. some of it was great. Like yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was funny in moments. Other parts, I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, he's doing this thing with the hostess where he is like, hey, didn't you go to such and such Class one 2004 year? or whatever. Yeah. She's like, no, I went to Winzac 2007. I don't think that's a real school, but whatever. <laughs> sure. She's like, I went to Montana State 2007. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry, you look older, which is a great line. <laughs> and I'm going to use that at some point in my life. And I will show you the shiner I get when said person punches me in the eye. They have some odd, like, back and forth. Like, at first, you think she's very upset. And they stare at each other long enough. I'm like, wait, is she kind of into him now? 
Like, I don't know. I, I thought they knew vibes. each other. I was like, oh, maybe they do know each other. Yeah. But they do not. He is playing. There's a classic con man's game that everyone knows the name of, Tom, and they do it to her. Tell us about the con man's game that they play on her. <laughs> uh, the fire in the house? Yes, that's game? the one. The fire in the house. The classic fire in the house. It's like your refrigerator's running, but instead your house is on fire. That's the one, Tom. Man! Okay. Old con man Tom, they call you. <laughs> took me a while. So they... they... It's, a, it's a jerky voice. <laughs> American treasure. So they get her to leave uh, because they make her think her place is on fire. She departs. I did think this was a funny bit. They're like, hey, act normal. They're the only people on the street. There's four of them. He's hiding behind Paul. Well, yeah, Paul <laughs> is doing this thing where he's like rubbing on Beard. Beard flattens himself against the wall. Baz or the other one is dancing. He's just doing like the moonwalk. And then I don't know what Jeremy's like, hey, look, Orion's belt. Oh, Orion's belt. That's right. It's pointing out constellations. He should have been like, look at that giant blue moon (laughs) and really hit us over the head with that one. But they get on the elevator. So they sneak inside. They're on the elevator. And as Mm -hmm. they're riding down, um, someone says, I'm kind of feeling sorry about Sarah Coombs or whatever her name is. Uh And he says something and Beard says, tomorrow will be the most amazing day of Sarah Combs life, meaning she's going to find out her partner wasn't on Mm -hmm. fire. Did you catch this reference? Oh, 100%. Like I even got it before he started talking because the music that's going on in the background is from Fight Club as well. Oh, is it? Um, It's this is silly and stupid, but like I know it from like the DVD uh of fight club when you leave it on just like the home screen it's playing this music it's sure. kind of like i don't know it's a little like dinky whatever um but as he's saying and the, the line about like yeah raymond k essel uh who's the clerk that they kind of threaten um him they take his id and it's all part of like tyler durton's grand plan to sure. get people on better paths but sure love the reference and again this is what got me thinking like okay like they're doing some fever dream stuff he's gonna like when he sees a lady in red, I thought, okay, perfect. They're doing more Fight Club stuff. Right. Like, lady in red is not is his Tyler Durden, but um, nope, not the case. Yeah, see, I wasn't aware like if this episode was just a lot of references to movies. Like right. we are obviously both fans of Community. Something I felt like Community did at a certain point was just like, hey, we're gonna do an episode and we're gonna base that episode on like a genre movie or mm-hmm. a specific movie, and they did it really well. Like yeah. it was great. Like this one, once I found out it was about the Martin Scorsese movie, but then there are other references to other movies, like, and maybe at this point, everything is a reference to everything, but this <laughs> one, these, this stuff felt deliberate because he's literally stealing a line from Fight Club. What's, what's the, what year did After Hours come out? The Scorsese? 85. Okay. 19, I'm sorry, 1985. Not okay. 2085. Because I feel like maybe some of these references, because like they kind of get, it's a lot of like film noir, kind of like with the like trumpety music as he's sure. kind of walking, like old school detective kind of thing. Right. I feel like it's maybe like some of the references they're doing here are maybe just a little bit past our generation. Because like I was born in 85. Okay. Uh, so I think maybe I missed some of these. 1985. 1985. You were born yes. in 1985. Yes. I am not, not a Dracula. Thank you for clarifying. Well, you could also have been born in 2085. And you're from the future, <laughs> where Ted Lasso is in its 89th season. <laughs> Nailed it. Got it. Trig- I got there. Trigonometry's hard. Trigonometry's hard. Beard's like, hey, guys, you belong here. It's funny. He goes to, like, tell them something, and they're not over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So he has to, like, step yeah. back to him, which is a funny, uh, just from, like, a 
like a real life like sound uh, thing mm-hmm. like oftentimes things in movies you're like that's not how you have that conversation you wouldn't be anyways yeah so they start to strut one of them takes nick um muhammad's strut where he does that little like uh, fist in the middle and elbows back and forth i was like okay that's caught on from nate the great that's cool <laughs> beard sees the lady in red and the lady in red is is this a reference to another movie? The other lady in red I can think of is in the Matrix, where they do the simulation where they're walking on the street mm-hmm. and Morpheus or and uh Neo looks at the lady in red, loses his Gets focus, yeah. comes back, and then there's that sweet desert eagle fifty cal in his <laughs> or, face yeah. and Agent Smith, otherwise known as what's his Lord of the Rings character? Hugo Weaving is his name. Elrond. There, there you go. Elrond Hubbard. That's the one. <laughs> oh never mind go on uh maybe it's like i mean there's the famous song lady in red i think it's just more of like a generic it's almost probably cliche-ish at this point um we're just kind of that lady in red is the the distraction to protagonist okay okay so you think it's just a general thing they did it in um uh the dodgeball movie uh, what was she like Russian or whatever that played with like the Cobra? Sure, yeah, yeah. with the unibrow. Yeah, and she comes on and like they play Lady in Red music in slow mo. Like the nerdy guy on the Joe uh, Shows is like staring at uh, her. Uh, Long, Justin Long, right? Is mm, he? Or is no, the it's the other guy? one. It's the other guy from. Grandma's Let me Club. write this number down so that we can edit all this out. People love our references. We love dodgeball. That lady was very beautiful. Um, <laughs> she actually is in real life. They did a lot of makeup in that. Too. Oh, well, I thought she was beautiful in the movie, Tom. <laughs> the bartender's like, hey, you want your beer in the in a glass? And Beard's like, no. And there's this weird exchange. I was like, I don't understand. Like, what is he? Who's offended here? Like, the bartender seems offended. Beard seems put off. Beard is always getting his beers on tap in a glass. I didn't understand. Yeah, it was weird. I don't, yeah. I'm moving on. I, okay. It was just weird. Okay. I agree. Thank you. This That was the only nitpick I had on this episode, <laughs> was that exchange right there. So write that one down. The gang is now playing billiards or pool. I believe they call it billiards in uh, the UK, England, or Great Britain. And we play pool here. Beard saves them by pretending to be a Oxford professor or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I really thought these guys were going to get found out. I thought they were going to be bad at pool. I thought a number of things were going to be (laughs) happening here. None of those things happened. No. Beard flawlessly transitions to an Irish accent. (laughs) And this is where I think Brendan Hunt was like, hey, I'm really good at an Irish accent. Yep. Uh, I would love to be in the next Emily Blunt, James Dorner movie about (laughs) Ireland. Uh, And this was his audition tape. It seemed flawless. I mean, I'm sure UK audience will have a better take on this, but uh, it seemed really good for my ears. I don't think Ireland's is part of the UK. Uh, United Kingdom. We've gone over this multiple times. It's four different uh, countries. Never heard of this before. All right. Um, he pretends to be an Oxford Irish professor of <laughs> economics and management. We have the three dude bro guys that are playing billiards against them. It reminded me of the... Um... I'm going to continue to do this uh, reference movies and not know what the reference is. What's the, uh, uh, how about them apples? 
Goodwill Hunting. Oh, this reminded me of yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Oh, was oh, is there a scene in Goodwill Hunting where they're playing pool? Not wearing pool, but there's like the like the preppy jerk guys at the bar that oh, are kind okay. of being mean to them, like saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to get his number," and that's where he goes back and does the "I got her number." How about them apples? Oh, okay. I don't know mm. that I know that movie all that well. I think I've seen it once, but. It wouldn't surprise me that this weird episode about Beard referenced <laughs> another movie that did it a little bit better, but that's okay. <laughs> My favorite part is, I'm going to say his name is Baz. Baz goes, one thing Professor McGonagall taught us, <laughs> yeah, which is about money or something like they all that. Kinda, like, they look up like, wait, what? But he does it yeah. quick enough where he gets past it. And then they're all slapping money down and... One's like, no, I, I need money for the kebab, kebab, and and they're putting money on the table. It's like, it's like big bill, smaller bill, it's like coin, five, coin. You need to get twenty quid, and they're like, right there. And Beard has this line where, um, I think Paul says like economics or it was something. Was trigonometry? Yeah, trigon oh, trigonometry. <laughs> and Beard's like, oh, we got there. Yeah, we got that. That was we great. So there were some funny moments during this. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt like I enjoyed that scene my second watch around more than my first one. Because my first one, I was a little bit stressed. I was like, these jackasses are going to just, we're going to find out that they're just not going to be able to pull this off and get thrown out. Yeah, they subvert a lot of stuff. I actually thought that they were going to hustle. I thought the the guys at the, the pub guys. The rich guys, Oxford guys were going to hustle them? No, I thought the other way around. I thought the rich pub, or the, or the pub guys that we know were going to hustle them because like maybe there was a pool table in the pub that we've seen, the anchor sure. and the crown, and they were like going to be pool hall junkies. But uh, it ends up being like they're good, but the, the rich guys were terrible. The rich guys were just more or less giving them all their money. Sure. Um, and were super friendly. So I'm, I'm glad they all had a great time. Together. Yeah. What I enjoyed is that the gang was actually good at pool, which yeah. I'm assuming the anchor and horn or Anklin, anchor and crown, whatever <laughs> the normal pub is called, there is a pool table there. Yeah. There's certainly a dartboard. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We uh, we then, I think one of, oh, Beard sees the lady in red. He starts to move away because mm -hmm. she's at the bar. And Bass is like, how did you know all that stuff about Oxford? And he's like, I dated a professor of Oxford and I listen more than I talk. Yeah. Which it kind of gives it like this weird, like, and I listen more than I talk. Like almost like it was like sexual in nature but i didn't really get that no i didn't pick up any sexual okay. i just feel like that's great life advice okay. and everyone in my life should follow it uh and i will follow it more myself listen more than you talk if we all would listen no one would talk and we'd all just be silent and it would be great maybe we should try to listen in on this podcast we should listen more on this podcast yeah. talk less all right well let's give it about 10 minutes and <laughs> come back to talking <laughs> And we're back. I'm Julian. I'm Tom. Are we? Are we we're doing yet? commercial breaks now, okay. Tom. You probably just watched something about a website builder. 
We then walk with Beard into the lava lamp room where there are a bunch of old TVs set up. I didn't understand what this room would be for, Tom. Who would go into this room and stare at the lava lamps? At this point, you've dropped acid my, or yes, you've my, done mushrooms. My assumption is we don't this see is a it. a drug room. But right outside the door, there's like a bowl of candy. Instead of being M&Ms, there's just a bowl of ecstasy. Okay. So you take a pill, you go, you go into the room. And you sit in one of those very nice, luxurious leather chairs. Sure. And you stare at old school TVs. Looking okay. Lovely. My thought was these people are just doing lines of honey. And then that <laughs> dude's there to clear the honey out of their nostrils so they don't suffocate. Uh, trigger warning if anyone's ever passed from honey consumption. If anybody the out there is a, is a honeybee. Is a honeybee. <laughs> Bye, my friend. Nice. I love it. <laughs> All right, so Beard seems to be, um, all of a sudden, all the TVs turn to uh, Henri, Henry, Thuré, Henry. It turns to the highlights of the game. Yeah, the highlights of the game, and then those guys start talking, right? Mm -hmm. And we find out that, like, they're like, oh, Beard has low self-esteem. He's not worthy of Jane. I I was I was so confused. It I gets was like, super dark what's, too. What's like, happening here? Oh, he's like, oh, you should commit suicide. Yeah, like it's weird. It's just yeah, like we already are dealing with like the tragedy of of Ted Lasso. Ted, yeah, and like even later in the scene or this this episode, like Beard jumps off a roof. Like it's just there's some very odd things, and I I personally hate what they're doing with that because I I think they're making like light of. Of suicide okay. and like the pain people can have with it. I would argue he jumps off the roof in order to preserve his life, but I do see where you're making the connection because yeah. something is said here where he's like, he would need a pep talk to commit suicide, yeah. and I'd like to give that pep talk. It was a weird moment. I guess we're just supposed to, like, this is the manifestation of Beard being depressed about the game and his more so almost his relationship with jane yeah he then rips his pants which this is going to come into play later <laughs> he gets thrown out because he doesn't have his membership card and we are back with the woman in red on the road she at this point is no longer wearing red she is wearing like a satin tiger uh overcoat yeah so her coat she still has red but she's just wearing a coat now right which spoiler alert i don't know what to get my wife for christmas <laughs> but she is 100 percent getting a tiger print raincoat thing that she will never wear because it does not rain in this state anyways oh this is where they talk about decency laws mm -hmm. she's like we're a very repressed nation so we already referenced that, but I wish there were more decency laws everywhere. I don't. I, I'd be interested if our UK audience wants to reach out to us. Um, I don't on... like the length of your shorts right now, Tom. Uh, They're they sitting at knee length. <laughs> I wish they were ankle length shorts. I don't uh, know what they'd be called, but ankle length shorts. I hope they come back. Are you saying I'd be arrested if I was in, in jolly old London town? No, 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 no. Just executed. Okay. Uh, but I'd be interested to see, like, I didn't look up, like, what decency laws were or are. Um, I think decency law is just, like, a general thing. Like, hey, you can't walk around naked on the street. Like, they would, that's, that's like, a decency law. Okay. Um, it may seem like it's something very specific to the UK that we don't have in the US. Because in the US, you can't run around naked. Like, it's a decent exposure. Like, right. You can't pee in public and decent exposure. Sure. Yeah. Well, you can't when you get caught. Yeah. But... I mean, 
They don't allow us to wave guns all over the place either. That yeah, seems indecent. I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> oh, that's fair. All right. Let's move on, Tom. <laughs> but this is where, like, the old school, like, film noir music kind of kicks in. And it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, them walking lamp down the light, street. Walking down, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lamp light you see is literally a moon. It's a big blue moon. It's one of the lights that you can kind of see. It's it's an odd. All blue moon thinks, all blue moon makes mm -hmm. me think of is the beer. That's where my mind goes when I hear the phrase blue moon. They didn't drink any blue moon during this episode, which no, is a didn't. missed opportunity. Man, I would love a blue moon with a giant orange just dropped in there. A whole orange yep, dropped so in that blue moon. Blue moon, people. Send us some, uh, send us some blue moon. Mm. Yeah, if you make a bourbon, actually, that would be better. Uh, the lady in red takes him to her flat, not apartment, a flat, Tom, because we are in uh, a different country. And she gives him new pants. We have beard pantsless in his cap and his like plaid jacket and scarf and his <laughs> underpants. I Tom, do. I'm going to give you the floor. Talk about Beard's underpants for a little while, please. Uh, the underpants, they're apparently leopard print. So That's what it felt like. Maybe they're a match made in heaven. This, uh, this <laughs> the lioness yeah. the lioness and the leopard. I, I do appreciate that Beard looks in the mirror to put on his pants. Like he, I, I don't know why he would need to, but he does. Um, Have you ever seen pants like the ones he's given, Tom? No, they are a bold choice, to say the least. Is bold the right word, Tom? <laughs> That's what I'm going to use. At one point during this episode, they're referred to as the magical pants. And I was like, oh, are they magical? Is that what's happening in this episode? Sure. It's weird, like, making wishes on his pants and those are coming true. They very much look like a 70s wizard would wear those pants. <laughs> yeah. Merlin himself in the 70s would wear those pants. Uh, she gets a call. It's from Do Not Answer. It turns out to be a boyfriend who looks like a yoked up, WWE wrestler. It's like I if yeah, if if uh, Roy and Rachel ran Randy Savage sure. like a love child, that's who it would be. Yeah. So this guy shows up. This forces Beard to run. And so this was where my like good bad stuff, like where I was trying to keep track with Beard. I was like, hey, good. He ripped his pants. This nice lady offered to sew them and help him out. Bad. All of a sudden, she's like, hey, my really big jealous boyfriend's going to beat you. <laughs> and then bad again, because the boyfriend shows up and chases him around the roof. Because at that point, I don't think he's chasing him for a good reason. At that point, he is chasing him for um, with malicious intent. Correct? Because yes, later on. Is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is where Beard jumps off the roof and lands in a dumpster. Mm -hmm. And this is a trope of movies that I just think to myself. I wish Mythbusters, when they were still going, would have tossed both themselves off of a roof. They did it. And then Mythbusters wouldn't be around because <laughs> I don't think they live. I'm assuming they threw dummies or did they themselves jump? I'm quite certain Mythbusters did this trope and, and they threw the little dummy guys out from the thing. They should have, not that I have anything against those guys, <laughs> but to really prove this theory, they should have jumped off themselves. And that probably would have been the end of the show. Well, it, the comedy bit But is I like too... that show, so I wouldn't want the show to end. I'm yeah. torn here, Tom. <laughs> You're torn just like Beard's Pants. Just like Beard's Pants. Um, but, like, again, this is where I just hate the way they treated it. Like, if they would have given us, like, a camera thing of Beard looking over and seeing the dumpster to, to like, kind of tell the audience, oh, he's going to try to jump in this dumpster. But they don't give us that. They have him just 
jumping off the roof without any context, and now he's in the dumpster. So you thought he was ending it all. I, I thought he was jumping off of a roof. You were like, oh man, when I looked and this episode was 43 minutes, I'll be honest. you thought they tricked you and they were like, oh great, it ends at 32 or wherever we're my at. Take, this my take, like up to this point, I thought everything was happening so comically silly that this was the end of Beard's Fever Dream. Like he was oh, going to jump off this roof, okay. he was going to wake up and then we'd have like him dealing, like he's drunk in a corner, he's dealing with his demons, whatever it was. Like I did not think he was going to fall in a dumpster. And like get out of the dumpster and be perfectly out. fine and keep running. Wipe off the clothes, good to go. Yeah, it is a little bit strange as to whether or not we're in reality or fantasy. Mm-hmm. Because reality, he's got a broken leg and a punctured lung. Um, <laughs> yeah. In fantasy, he gets out of the dumpster, wipes himself off, still has a sweet cap. Well, and, and runs down the road. Thankfully, he jumped into a dumpster that was right next to a a like soft cushion factory. So it was all oh, of their shredded just, cushions oh, sure. in garbage bags that they put in the dumpster. Ah, the old recycle <laughs> pillows. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so Beard is alive. He jumps onto a bus. Well, he continues to be chased. H- how the other guy gets down off the roof so quickly. Well, something tells me that guy's like the rock in the other guys where they're like aim for the bushes aim for the bushes and he's fine and there goes my hero place and those guys are fine um but like very again very movie cliche where it shows the bus it shows them make eye contact and then the bus goes by and then beard just disappears oh yeah the boyfriend is down there staring at him yeah no i'm with you goes by it's like it's from harry potter it's from like the jason Bourne movie right batman's done it at some point right Uh, very cliche yeah it should be like the camera pans a little bit to the left and Beard is just like crouched behind <laughs> yeah. something that's too small to hide him. Yeah. That would be better. The old lady on the bus rats him out. I'm sorry. Old is not a very good designator. The old hag on the bus rats <laughs> him out, uh, says he hasn't paid his toll. She uses some weird term. Um, and so Beard discovers at that moment, plot point, Tom, he doesn't have his phone or his wallet. Yep. Gone. Left it at the uh, Lady in Red's house. So he leaves the bus. He walks into a nice hotel. And this clerk won't let him use the phone. Won't let him use his phone. He's very suspicious. He goes into some very detailed things. It's like his phone has been taken before. (laughs) And used for nefarious reasons. I thought to myself, can't the clerk just call this guy a cab? London has cabs. It's not all Uber. My only thought, I, I agree. My only thought was like based off of Beard's dress. Did he think Beard was like a homeless person? I don't know, but this is pretty simple. Hey, I've got a guy here that needs a cab. I'm at such and such hotel. Yeah. Cab driver drives over. Beard's a homeless guy and he doesn't get in the cab. The hotel's not on the hook for anything. Listen, this like, hotel has a reputation to uphold. Oh, man. Do you see those little cool globe lights everywhere on all oh, the tables? Oh, you think word is going to get to other the cabbies that hotel, yeah. whatever, drunk night beard is not, <laughs> you're not supposed to go to? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right. You've uh, convinced me, Tom. <laughs> beard then leaves, and there's like this weird ticking clock thing that happens where they do these camera cuts where it's like beard and then it cuts. Mm-hmm. Once again, like to your point, there's like some weird like psychedelic or fantasy things happening. But like Beard hasn't had that much to drink that we think he's drunk. Yeah. He's had maybe at this point 
Oh, never mind. He had a ton of beers at the, but he's not drunk. Yeah, he's like, like acting. He's... Yeah, to that. Like they're they're picking and choosing when he like kind of hallucinates or when he's going out of these little fever dreams. Because if you took into account all of the beer glasses in the first pub, <laughs> by the time he makes it to uh, Honey and Boning, the club <laughs> Bones and Honey. Oh, Bones and Honey. Sorry, I don't know what I said. That's the adult club. Okay, right. <laughs> um. He's sober. Like he's, yeah. Unless he turns into an Irish professor when he drinks. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, although a lot of us do. <laughs> he then is walking into this tunnel of light. And I was like, oh, Beard's about to die. Is this a call to something? Like it almost made me. When I... people die? Well, no. <laughs> Just like the way they shot it with the tunnel, like this big light in the background, and like these three guys coming towards it. I'm sure there's think 30 of... movies, Tom, but I can't like... think of one. Have you seen Clockwork Orange? I have not seen Clockwork Orange. I, I have no seen interest it in seeing Clockwork Yeah, Orange. it's a weird Stanley Kubrick movie, but like it, it kind of reminded me of it because I know there's, I think, a famous scene where they're in like an underpass of like a freeway or something. Sure. But they have the silhouette of them kind of walking towards a guy. So okay. I don't no idea if it's a reference to that, but it made me think of it. Maybe someone's listening to us right now and they know every reference <laughs> yeah. that happened to this episode and they're just screaming at their... I don't know, radio, iPod. I don't know what people listen to this on. But that's okay. Be angry. Yeah. Um, talk to someone about it, not us. <laughs> we then find old James Tart in his game of Bug. And I don't remember the others guy, other guy's name. But Jamie Tart's dad is the gentleman. It was he... not the same two guys, though. It is two different guys than he was with at the game. Are you sure? I'm quite certain. Okay, I thought it was the same guys. Okay. But... Now, maybe I'm wrong now. I have face blindness, just like Brad, Brad <laughs> okay. Pitt. Um, this ensues into a fight, and we have Marcus Munford singing Blue Moon, the song, in a like weird, melancholy way, yeah. which is fine. I would put it on my funeral soundtrack. <laughs> I do have a funeral soundtrack. You can find it on Spotify. Okay. Uh, it's mostly emo music. <laughs> a lot of Jimmy World. Um, they what? do this fight, and then Terry, Terry, how do you say his first name, Tom? Help me out here. Terry. Terry and Gary, <laughs> right? Terry. It's just Gary. Wait, Gary's... wait, wait. How is one Terry and the other one not Gary? I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure Terry is English, and Terry is... Terry Henri is British. No, 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 no. Is British? Terry Henri is French. That would make sense yes, to me. but Gary... And Gary. Lanker, uh, he is Englishman. He's an Englishman, from, he's an I, Englishman. I believe. Again, internet's going to okay. yell at me, but he's English. Terry and Gere <laughs> are there watching this fight happen. And are they? I don't really need... That's a great question. Are they there? No, of course they're not there. Like They're not sitting at a table watching this guy get his butt kicked. Like, okay. This, I... I, I I don't want to spend too much time diving into like the psychology of this. I think it goes on for too long. I think like it's just Beard like wanting to be hurt, I guess, is, is what it's trying to tell us. Because he, he if... has multiple chances to stop this fight and just stay on the ground. He's like, all right, let's call it a draw. And then he throws more punches. And it's just, I don't, I don't get it. If I wanted to watch a bunch of middle-aged men badly fight on film, I would watch that weird Bob Odekirk movie where they tried to make him oh, into an action star. Nobody. It was fantastic. I'll give it a give it a view. I will not. <laughs> the boyfriend of the woman in the red dress shows up. She saves Beard. She punches he punches people in the face, <laughs> which gets to really the I mean the main 
theme of every Ted Lasso episode, which is violence solves everything. everything. You're right. Thank you. You're right. Punch a guy in the face and they go away and everybody's everybody's uh, happy for it. How did uh, he find him, by the way? How did the boyfriend find Beard? He's been tracking him, man. Alleyway? He's been tracking him. <laughs> this entire time. He's just, there's scenes they cut out of the episode. I did watch the deleted <laughs> scenes where he like runs to a corner and he tastes the sidewalk and he's like, that man's been here. And then he moves to like a different place. It's like a sequin he off just, his pants. Yeah, he just keeps licking the sidewalk and he's like, I think the herd is over there. Have you ever seen uh, the last Chris Farley movie with Matt Perry? Uh, Wagons East? No, it's not Wagons East. It's, it's like almost, it's, it might be called Almost Famous. It's Almost Heroes. Almost Heroes. Almost okay. Heroes. There it is. And he's like, he like picks up a buffalo poop patty and he like, oh, he like either tastes it or something. And he's like, the herd's near. And he's like, oh, you can tell that? And he's like, no, I see them over there. <laughs> Oh, Chris Farley, we miss you. My bike and these reps, I got my large uh, comedic actors mixed up. John Candy. John Candy, John Candy. <laughs> John Candy was the, uh, But they're similar movies. They use a big, large actor to do sure, comedic. Sure, uh, sure, yeah. the physical comedy. What is the boyfriend returning, Tom? He's just a, a really nice guy that's returning the wallet and phone to Beard. Who plays Drax? Who, who is that that plays Drax? Who's the WWE guy that plays Drax? Uh, it's Dave Batista. Right. Every time I saw this boyfriend, I was like, oh, this is Dave Batista's role. But Dave Batista at this point is like winning Oscars and much too famous to. I think Batista is quite a bit larger than this dude. This oh, dude's really? big, but he's not like as swole oh, as Batista. Wow. The you think you could take this guy, couldn't you? I could not take this gentleman. <laughs> His beard alone could destroy me. <laughs> uh, beard, this is a great moment where, unless you have an iPhone, I don't know that this made sense, but he tried to message jane because he sees like 72 missed calls 72 missed messages yeah i didn't know if the number was the same there 72 holds no significant number in any sort of religious or historical context but um his <laughs> phone dies and my wife was like wait what just happened yeah. i was like oh when an iphone dies it does that spiral thing which now that i think about it my wife has an iphone <laughs> so say, you guys are in or... maybe she just Maybe she does a better uh, job of charging her phone than I do. Did you go through and read the text, though? Did you no, pause I any of them? No. So I did. Other than I love you. And it was like, F you, Beard. Those those ones I... So the way they show this, she it's calls Beard. Him Beard, which yeah. is strange. Yeah. Did, do we know Beard's first name? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but they do it because Beard's catching up with the conversation. So he's scrolling back up. It, and it, stop, it stops on the audience where we could just see where it's it's her saying, like, I do love you. Like, I love you. Sure. Like, I, like, I didn't say it that time for whatever reason. And then it's her going into, like, this long diatribe because he didn't respond right away. Um, which I think it's, like, the, the general idea with text messaging, like, if somebody sees a little arrow or that you read it or, like, sure. if you don't get back to a text message right away, people get weirdly frustrated or yep. angry with people because they don't respond and yep. that's what jane does here so she goes on this crazy thing about like i hate you a lot of sanities and curses and it ends with with her saying i hope you get killed by a squirrel and that squirrel eats you and murders you oh wow like, no i didn't read any of this gets, that's violent it gets really really weird rambling from her and it's like you said like 60 to 70 subtexts of just her paying me in the side of this club, texting her all this this garbage. Okay. <laughs> I did not read any of that. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm uh, not glad I did. Interesting. It was weird. That's a healthy relationship. The gang shows up in the limo. 
This is Baz, Paul, and Jeremy, the mm -hmm. gang. They made friends with the Oxford Fellows. The Oxford Fellows gave them a lot of money because they beat them in pool, which was fun. These guys seem to be just having a great night. Yeah. And unfortunately, Beard should not have gone to chase the woman in red. He should have stayed with his friends and mm -hmm. kept his Irish act up. They drop Beard off at his... That's not his flat. This is a different... Because, like, his flat is next to lasso's flat and we've seen that flat down that narrow walkway Wait right so you you think the beginning of this episode and at this point they're showing us two different doors no i think that what they are showing us doesn't make sense for where beard and lasso originally lived okay like that weird corporate housing you know what i'm talking about where they where they get coffee afterwards that yeah like that's the way, just like a, like a tunnel, like a yeah, hallway or whatever. But the way this is shot, it's like a full road yeah. that he is building is off of. And so I didn't feel like this was the same. And it, I don't feel like it looks like Ted's place, which you would think his place would be a mirror of Ted's. I don't think so, man. Ted, Ted is the head coach. Building? Beard is the assistant coach. I don't think he's getting the same amenities that Ted's going to have. Anyways, his uh, weird castle key breaks off and then a storm happens. But to your point, maybe that is the reason like he's the way the reason his key breaks is because it's not his actual door. Like he because he's in oh, a drunk you... state. Maybe he's taken to the wrong one. I think it's the same door, but when you say that, like, they obviously made it a point that he kind of jiggled his keys when he first went into his house or flat in the very beginning of the episode. Sure. So I think it's like us telling us that his lock is messed up or whatever. Um, but I think it's the same same place. Okay. Well, the internet will let us know when we're wrong. That's what it's for. <laughs> We've been wrong a lot on this episode. A storm. So his key breaks. The storm happens. And he shouts at God and starts running. And then he finds the neon chapel. And this is where he goes in. And I was like, yeah, this is where Beard's going to find God. <laughs> and God's going to solve all of his problems, as God does. <laughs> And he has this great line where he's like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret's little boy. So we know Beard's mother's name, but yes. we don't know Beard. Yes. And that's a reference to the Judy Bloom book. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Yep. Yeah, that was Which, great. I know that reference from Deadpool. Because I think sure. Ryan Reynolds does yes. that line in Deadpool. Yeah. I did not know it was a book. I uh, didn't read a lot of Judy Bloom. <laughs> I didn't think I was Let up your the, wheelhouse? It was, I wasn't really the audience. Okay. But, um... This is definitely proof that prayer works because the storm ends <laughs> and he is able to then hear the club music, which I wasn't sure is this was a church or this is a club. Is it a church with a club below? I think it's a church club. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've been to those. They're typically <laughs> called revivals. Okay. And we dance around with snakes and stuff, but <laughs> that is what it is. No, it's a modern day. There you go. The oh and oh oh and he gave the gang a note. When they left on the limo, he yeah. goes, hey, tell, I think it's like Renee, mm -hmm. Beard gave you this, give him this note. And then this is this funny, you know, where they take the uh, limo to a weird spot. We don't know where they're at. Yeah. And once again, this is what's confusing, like, because I don't know these streets. So I got to be honest, when he took the underground in the um, the beginning, I didn't realize he was taking the underground from... Uh, Manchester City, Manchester. Well, wherever they played that. Oh, Wembley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wembley, Wembley Park to yeah. Richmond. Then, so, yeah. anyways, but the gang goes and they find themselves at um, Nelson Road. Yeah, because a really super creepy tunnel. 
yeah. uh, with the old guy kind of taking him through and then says Nelson Road. And they just, I, I, I'm with you. It's a fun sequence um, of them being able to run on. You've established that, like, they're seemingly friends with the coaches, and the coaches have never gotten them tickets or let them go to these games. And they uh, watch all the games from the pub, yeah. so they're not there in person, exactly. even though they're super fans. Mm-hmm. But that's cool that they got to... This was fun. This was a fun... We are the champions play. Yeah. They get to play... So, there's a ball in the in the goal <laughs> already, as if... Um, Will, the kit man, didn't do his job and pick up all the soccer balls at the end of the day. Poor Will, he's going to get yelled at by Nate. Well, Nate's going to be furious. They're, <laughs> they're running all over this pitch. They're, they're sliding and diving, so you know there's going to be marks put in that grass. Do you, at this point, do you think Nate cares about the state of the grass? Or is oh, he Nate too does. good? Is he too good for the state of the grass at this point, huh? Nate needs that grass to be good for his players. Okay. Yeah, I think he would still be frustrated and upset. He's still out there tasting it every day to make sure it still has the right photosynthesis. I think that's <laughs> what people do with grass. That's you, The taste is what tells you, not the color. So Beard wanders into the dungeon of a church, which one should never do. I learned that as a child. Isn't that from... Uh... Cut this. <laughs> nope, I'm not cutting any of this. That's what the kid learned in in Bruges. If you've ever seen the movie in Bruges, uh, in Bruges. you never wander into a uh, church's basement. I was thinking, what was the Dan Brown book we just recently had for the last the episode? The Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Doesn't that doesn't somebody go into a basement in that one? I'm sure they're in tons of basements <laughs> in that one, Tom. <laughs> good on you. In Bruges is a good movie. Watch that. And this leads us to a dance sequence. And Tom, one thing you have always said to me <laughs> is, you won't watch a show. Unless at some point there's a dance sequence. You love a dance sequence. Your favorite episode of Community is where they do that dance uh, tournament where they have to dance like 24 hours. You love the episode of Glee where they dance. I don't remember which one. I'm assuming all episodes of Glee they dance. (laughs) You love the episode of The Office where they do that one-er in the beginning and they do like the the music video dance. No, That's the one. No, no, no. Talk to us about dance sequences, Tom. Um, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not for them. <laughs> I'm not against them. I should say. <laughs> well, my um, lead in doesn't make a lot of sense. If that's your follow up. I mean, I'm, I've been known to cut a rug uh, at a wedding or two. <laughs> yes, my my go to is uh, Katy Perry's fireworks. Yep. I have a Incredible. choreographed dance to, to that. I'm With, sure it's on the uh, internet somewhere you can find. Danny and Andy, your uh, yep. dance partners. They're my backup dancers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be surprised to hear they're the backup um but yeah I, I thought it was it was a fun sequence to me this thing goes on too long uh, maybe to your point about beard has certain things that he can do very well act he apparently can hula hoop he can hula hoop so my my impression is they started like they, t- they had a note card like all right we're gonna do a beard episode yep beard what, what do you want to do he's like uh i can hula hoop really well i can talk in an irish accent yeah. and i can hula hoop all right Let's backtrack this. He's How like, do we I can get stage you? fight. Yeah. How do we get you to hula hoop? And he does some great <laughs> hula hooping backwards here. from there. The hula hoop is where they started, and they worked backwards from there. Classic um, TV writing. But he does, he does some good, you got to give it to him. He does some good work. He kind of brings it up on his hand. He he does there's some dancing around while he's doing some circles. I can't hula hoop, so yeah. all the power to him. Can you hula hoop, Tom? Uh, I think I have tried hula hooping before. Listen. With those hips, I guarantee you can hula hoop. They don't lie, bro. They don't lie. Uh, He finds Jane. Oh, Jane's the one that gives him the hula hoop. Yes. For those of you that haven't watched the episode, allow me to point (laughs) out that Jane hands in the hula hoop. I don't know why you're here. If you're experiencing this episode through our eyes, it might be for the better. Yeah. (laughs) 
this is the only episode we would advocate that. Um, they dance. Uh, the music's fun. And then uh, Terry, Tahiri, Tahiri, how do you say it? Give it to me. Give it to me. Terry. Terry. Terry and Gahari are at the bar. And are they there for real? No. So you're saying they're all imaginary, other than when they're on the TV in the beginning and then they switch to the it's all imaginary. All figment of his imagination. There's no way they'd be at this random bar, those two guys. I don't think they're hanging out. I do appreciate the line where like, oh, they serve food here? Terry's like, yeah, they do for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he blocks Terry. Yeah. Okay. And then it's like we came back from a writer's strike and there's a last scene where the cast is actually available. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's wrap this up and actually have Ted Lasso in this uh, Did scene. Did it seem weird to you, though? Like the scene just, it's, it was a normal scene. Like, like it's they them slapped in their it in, like they slapped it onto this episode. But it just, it, no, well, no, they did, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know the way they, <laughs> the way they shot it. Robot will get it. <laughs> I kicked over a trash can. <laughs> Robot will get it. I thought we were going to cut it and edit it, but it's, it's kind of funny. Stinks. Um, But just like the way they shot it and everything, it just seemed odd. Like it didn't seem like a Ted Lasso episode. Dad, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Felt natural. Did everything it? about it was... No, okay. not at all. <laughs> it felt like it was slapped on at the yeah. end. Uh, the coaching staff is there. Beard shows up with coffee. Oh, this is the kind of preamble in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Ted's like, hey, remember, it's your turn to get coffee. He shows up. It's our boy Roy, Nate, and Ted. They're going to watch game film. Um, they ask about Beard's face because clearly he's been beaten up by uh, Jamie's dad and yeah. a WWE wrestler. Must have just fallen off the the or the bed. <laughs> oh, that happens? Yeah, that's right. something that happens? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> they watch the game in fast motion with yakety sax playing, which is apparently the Benny Hill theme song. Do you remember the Benny Fit, the Benny Hill infomercials playing on television at all? Where it was like you could buy the Benny Hill uh, VHS oh, I tapes? Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my only exposure to Benny Hill. Benny Hill, from what I can recall, was like a weird misogynistic British comedian. Yeah. Where he was just like a dude chasing around beautiful women on the beach mm -hmm. while yakety sax plays. <laughs> no offense to people that are um, Benny Hill fans, but. Uh, didn't seem like great comedy to me. Yeah. And I watched a lot of PBS comedies, like <laughs> Mr. Bean. Uh, anyways, so... I'm sorry, I took your Benny Hill thunder. Did you have anything more to say? Uh, I didn't even recap. I just went on it. Well, when you said Yakety Sax, like, I, I didn't know that that was the name of the song. Because I think when Ted mentions it, he says, oh, we're going to put Benny Hill and put it on 10 times 10 speed. Uh, so when you had Yakety Sax, I didn't realize that that was the jam. I'm assuming, I'm assuming you have that on your iPod and listen to it on repeat. No, good sir. It's because I watch this thing in <laughs> subtitles. And subtitles give you some clues. <laughs> okay. Uh, like what language coaches are speaking. <laughs> uh, I owe you $5 What still. impressions, uh, you know, Ted's giving. Kermit the Frog. I've gotten a lot of... Thank you, everyone, <laughs> who sent me the supportive feedback on my Kermit the Frog impression. I appreciate you. Thank you. I know Tom wasn't impressed. But there were a lot of people, tens of people, <laughs> that were impressed with that. There is a large blue moon outside through this whole episode. Oh, what I do like about the scene is Beard just goes to sleep. Beard yeah, just like, puts sits his head back down. in his chair. 
He's got his pants on. His face is black and blue. I don't feel like he slept. I feel like he went straight from no. wherever. Oh, dancing at the club, mm-hmm. picking up coffee to going right there. Yeah, he's rallying with the coffee. There is nothing worse than not sleeping all night. And like that, that headache you get from like not sleeping. It's just the worst. Here's where I would like to talk about the series of events that happens during this episode, Tom, where I thought it was... Okay, so the key being dropped is clearly a thing throughout the episode. And what always happens is Beard drops the key and some bystander, some stranger, somebody knows, always is like, hey, you dropped your key. So like... Does that like then put him on a new journey or whatever? No, I think what it's showing... Here's where I where I decided to read into this rather surface level episode <laughs> where I tried to get deep was, hey, is this episode trying to be like Beard is down, bad things have happened, bad things have happened with the team, bad things have happened with Jane, but they're still good in the world. So yeah. like this is, hey, bad things are going to happen, but also good things are going to happen. You drop your keys. Someone is nice enough to say, hey, man, you dropped your key. Here mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Rather than just like ignoring it. Um, like I did with that person in the parking lot today where it looked like they were having car trouble. And I was like, I'm not stopping to help you. So uh, <laughs> that's an aside. But I tried to like go through. I was like, OK, is there an even measure of good thing happens to beard, bad thing happens to beard or mm-hmm. bad thing happens to beard? And then the idea is. What do we choose to focus on? Do we just choose to focus on the bad things that happen to us through the day? Mm -hmm. Or are we recognizing where there are like small kindnesses that... So I started listing them out. I'm going to go through the list and you'll see that my theory quickly, quickly (laughs) falls apart. (laughs) Not to spoil the I love this theory, by the way. Yeah. So the publican, this is the first thing. Like He's harassed in his mind by the telecasters, but that's in his mind. So Mm -hmm. I don't count that. He goes to the pub. First thing that happens is May starts to harass him about the game plan and how terrible he did. Mm-hmm. Got it. He departs from there. He drops his key. His key is picked up. And who's he with? The gang. The yeah. gang's like, hey, you know, here's your key. A good thing. And then they don't harass him about the game or like in the, they would have screamed at him and called him a wanker in <laughs> yeah. the other season, right? Yeah. In this one, it's, hey, uh, let's go do something fun. So the gang is, the gang is kind of seeing that Beard needs com- uh companionship companionship. yeah Yeah. and so they go with him the next thing that happens is he deals with the hostess the Mm -hmm. hostess is a jerk not with the hostess no the hostess is not tom (laughs) tom genius the hostess not with the hostess i've decided i want that on my gravestone okay so the hostess t-shirts the hostess bad right lady in red I would argue at first, good. She's like, hey, your pants are ripped. I can fix those for you. Let's go to my flat. Mm -hmm. This is where it kind of falls apart for me. (laughs) Because her motivation seems to be to get Beard in a weird compromising situation where a giant boyfriend's going to beat him. I think she just wants his pants. She clearly has a pants fetish. You think she's collecting pants? I 100%. I think she might have put that nail in that... uh chair in that room for him to rip his pants oh wow the conspiracy gets deeper down the rabbit hole we go (laughs) all right bad boyfriend shows up boyfriend bad clearly wants to beat uh beard to a pulp even though it's a misunderstanding miscommunication then we go and this is where we don't alternate we go to the bus lady on the bus bad not friendly won't give him any money yeah like just wants him ratted out and off the bus he goes away 
Jamie Tart and the gang in the tunnel, bad. <laughs> when they're not good? No. Series of bads, bads, bads. The boyfriend shows back up. Boyfriend, good. Boyfriend helps him out. Yeah. Boyfriend punches some old people in the face. That's good. Gang shows up. <laughs> Put that on record. Punching old people in the face, good. I said it. I'd stand by it. Uh, I'll determine what age is old and what is young based on where I'm at in my life. Gang shows up in the limo, good. They help him out. Storm shows up. God, bad. God treats him bad, sends the rain, all right? So then he goes to the chapel, prays to God. God is good. God sends him down to the basement where... Uh, he finds Jane in the hula hoop and hula hoop good. Hula hoop good. Jane good. So that's where I tried to dig a little bit deeper into this episode. Once again, my theory <laughs> falls apart where it's like bad, bad, bad. But I think it just comes down to every day in life you can determine, hey, this is like a crap day where everyone's against me. Or you can kind of look at the small kindnesses that people do and appreciate that there is good in the world. Even though there's a war on Christmas uh, and all these other things, they're still good in the world and, and people are generally, most people I like to think are generally kind. And I'll say this, I appreciate you closing out this pod episode with that 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 good, bad scenario because I- Forever stuck with us. Yeah, because like I struggle with this episode. Like the first go through, like my wife looked at me, he's like, that was awful. Like, that was her <laughs> first words. Like it was just awful. Like it, it like- I applaud them trying to do something unique or whatever, but I don't think the audience at that that is tuning into Ted Lasso, I don't think wants this out of their show because it's just so out of left field. It's referencing too much stuff that I don't think the vast majority of their audience, I could be wrong, is getting. Um, I would say the audience for this show is probably our age. Yeah. Or maybe, but maybe a so little like, older. To your point, like if the reference is a movie from 1985, that is maybe a reference for like the Brandon Hunts and the Jason Sudeikis's of the world, yeah. But not for our, not for our generation, yeah. From what I can tell, which was fine, and I think you can still do that and reference stuff and still have an enjoyable episode, like the episode they did the rom com. Like it was right. not our favorite episode, but it was a fun episode, and they could they reference a bunch of some rom coms, and you didn't have to know every one of them, but you were still having fun with the episode. This one I wasn't having fun with it. Like they just moved to sequence to sequence, and we're not. They're just tearing Beard apart and dealing with his inner demons as opposed to like allowing us to what we've established in season one is a fun-loving character, the cool yin and yang with his relationship with Ted. We don't get to really see or dive into that. We just get to see his really weird relationship with Jane. Like Jane is clearly a bit off her rocker. Like the text that she sends, the previous episodes we've seen, like Jane is not necessarily, I don't think like a perfect match for for Beard, but Beard is obviously infatuated by her and can't can't quit her. Um, but I again, I I appreciate you bringing some some context to this episode because I think that is right. Like, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in this episode to Beard, but there is a lot of good stuff. And where you put your focus and where you put your energy, and it determines your outlook not just on like your day to day activities, but like your life. And if you choose to focus on those better things, you know you can have a more fulfilling and, and happy life. Sure. Yeah, if you um, look at the good stuff that happens and you focus on that, you will feel blessed. If you don't, you will typically feel sad and that <laughs> everyone is against you. Uh, I'm interested to see where we go from here because having just suffered the loss 
to your point from our last podcast, where the team is at, like in the championship league, like whether or not they're going to go back to the premier, whether or not that matters, like yeah, exactly. all those things. And then also a big reveal in terms of Ted's personal life, you know, his dad committed suicide. Mm-hmm. He's committed at this point to doing therapy. Mm-hmm. I feel like the sharing that he's done with Dr. Sharon lets us know that, Hey, that's going to continue. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where they go from here. And the next time we get together, Tom, to talk about the show known as Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. will be for season two, episode 10, 10, which there are 12 episodes in this season, Tom. So I'm stalling for your benefit right now where we will be season (laughs) or we will be episode 10. And then we'll be episode 11. Okay. And then the finale will be episode 12. You stall a lot like I don't have an episode already ready to give you. So Tom, at this point, is confidently going to give us the name of episode 10 of season 2, which the episode season 2, episode 10, will be called... Super Happy Fun Times. Super Happy Fun Times. Because I think we need a little bit more fun in this show. I... Could not agree less. (laughs) I love sadness. I've been Julian. Uh, And I've been Tom. Uh, Please, uh, if you have the time, uh, feel free to reach out to us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, we can find us at Twitter at Team Binge. You can also email us at TeamBingePodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again, as always, for joining us. We will see you for the next one. (laughs) 